This is core class number 23. Welcome to this, this Bible five Center Church eight. core class. The Messiah. We hope that this in-depth teaching of life God's of Christ Word will challenge you to grow in your knowledge of Him and help you become a disciple who makes more disciples. Today in our core class, we're going to be looking at the life of Christ, some of his relationships. We're going to be looking at his ministry. Again, the core classes are coming out in conjunction with the membership statement of faith. So this section corresponds with a couple points in our membership statement of faith. If you go to section D, it's about God the Son, Jesus. And in section 2, it's about the work of Christ. Uh, section A and F under number 2 deal with what we're talking about today. So I'm going to read section A and section F. It says, Jesus actively lived a perfect life, and died on the cross, standing in our place to bear the full weight of God's wrath against our sin. And to satisfy the Father's holy justice and righteous standard, Jesus offers forgiveness, righteousness, and adoption to all who, by grace through faith, receive Him as Lord and Savior. And then point F says, Jesus was sent by the Father to seek and save the lost. In the same way, under His authority, with his active presence, Jesus sends out his followers to continue his mission of making disciples who make disciples. So if you're with us in the book, we're on page 161, and we're looking at the earthly life of Christ and his relationships. You and I learn a lot about Jesus, and we learn a lot about ourselves when we see the way he interacts with the people around him. So first relationship that we see is the relationship he has with the Father. And we've studied this already, but just a reminder, it says the fullness of deity lives in Jesus. The fullness of deity lives in Jesus, all of it. So he looks to the Father as an equal, but then also in some way as a father, maybe perhaps much like a grown son would. In John 14, 9, it says that he perfectly reflects the Father. When you see Jesus, you see the Father. The nature of this relationship allows them to fully give and receive joy and glory from one another. So they have this relationship where Jesus devotes himself to giving the Father glory, but then he also seeks glory from the Father. Jesus devotes his earthly ministry to speaking the Father's words, sharing what the Father is doing and living as an exact representation of the Father himself. So it's a beautiful relationship. It's, it's so fun to watch it throughout the book of John and Matthew and Mark and Luke. Jesus receives those whom the Father draws to him. So the Father draws us to Jesus, and Jesus then chooses us and holds on to us. Jesus speaks on behalf of believers, asking the Father to bring them into the Son's glory, that they may see Jesus and be with Jesus forever. It is by the Father's power that Jesus performs his healings. So this relationship between the Father and the Son is crazy connected, super intimate. We don't even go into the prayer life of Jesus, but we see Jesus often withdrawing at night and in the early morning to be with his Father. Second relationship is his relationship to God the Spirit, to the Holy Spirit. Throughout all of Jesus' life, you see that he is living his life dependent on the Spirit. It says the Spirit is leading him and guiding him and strengthening him and empowering him throughout the entirety of his life. In fact, in our study of the Holy Spirit, we're going to go deeper into that part of the relationship. His relationship to Israel. Israel existed for the coming Messiah. From the very beginning, when God speaks to Abram, before he even names him Abraham, he says, Through you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. He brought Israel, Abraham and Israel, into being so that through his people of the Old Testament, the Messiah would come. So it's, they exist for the sake of Jesus. He also came first to Israel. 
okay? And in their rejection of the Messiah, he sends disciples to all nations, just as was promised to Abraham. There is still a day when Israel returns to Jesus in some way. So in Romans 11, verses 24 through 26, which are shrouded in a little bit of mystery, but there's a day coming when Israel kind of returns back to Jesus. Hopefully a, a huge revival takes place with those who are Jewish and have denied their Messiah, where they see Jesus as Messiah and they run to him. Jesus' relationship to the nations. Jesus is the long-awaited seed of the woman mentioned in Genesis 3.15. The world is going to be changed and blessed through one who is to come through Abraham. Genesis 12, 1 through 3. Jesus is that one. He is the fulfillment of that promise to the nations. Luke 2.32 uh, Simeon recognized Jesus as the light to the Gentiles. Baby Jesus is brought into the temple, and Simeon holds the baby and says, this is the light to the Gentiles, the glory of Israel. So he sees his relationship to the nations, and the nations need this baby, this God-man, Jesus Christ. From the beginning, the nations were in view. So there was never a point when God gave up on his world. Always through Jesus, through the Messiah, the world would be reached. When it comes to the ministry and mission of Jesus on the next page, Jesus was sent by the Father. That's significant. Jesus is the first sent one. So a disciple is one who follows Jesus and is sent by Jesus. Jesus was the first one who was sent. He knows what it feels like. John 3.16, a verse everyone knows, says that, For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten Son. Jesus sends, he's sent by the Father. John 4.34 says, My food is to do the will of the one who sent me to accomplish his work. John 6.38 says, For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but the will of the one who sent me. And then there's other verses that say the same thing. God sent, God the Father sent God the Son into the world. In terms of his ministry and mission, Jesus chooses and transforms some disciples. He chooses a group and then he transforms them. He calls the disciples he disciples the disciples and grows them, and then he sends them out. So he, he grabs some, he builds them, and then he sends them out to do his will, to live out his ministry. In Matthew 4, 19, we see this happening. He says, follow me. He looks at some fishermen and says, follow me. They put their nets down, they follow him. In other passages like John 1, and John 21, 22, tax collectors put down their stuff and they follow Jesus. They follow him, make a decision to put their feet into his footsteps. Matthew 4.19 continues. He says, follow me and I will make. And then it finishes with, you fishers of men. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So Jesus just clarifies the process. First, you follow Jesus. Then Jesus says, I'm going to transform you into something new. What is it that I'm going to transform you into? A fisher of men. You used to fish fish. You used to put your priorities this way. You used to catch something to provide and take care of yourself. Now your mission is to find people to follow and serve me. And that's your focus. You're a fisher of men. You're one who is a disciple who makes more disciples. It's also good to know when Jesus arrived on planet Earth and was doing his ministry in Luke 17, 20 and 21, Let's see how this is connected to the kingdom of God. It says, Now having been questioned by the Pharisees as to when the kingdom of God was coming, Jesus answered them and said, The kingdom of God is not coming with signs to be observed, nor will they say, Look, here it is, or there it is, for behold, the kingdom of God is in your 
myths. So when it comes to the kingdom of God, which is kind of a big discussion in theology, and oftentimes it's described as something coming in the future, when Jesus comes, he says, with my incarnation is also the inauguration of the kingdom of God here. Now it's going to grow and it's not fully and completely what God desires it to be. You can tell by the brokenness of the world, but it has broken through. The kingdom of God is here in his church in the presence of Christ as it continues to be an ever-growing kingdom as the rule and reign of Jesus continues to expand and grow here on planet earth until he returns and finalizes the process. So Jesus was sent by the Father. He chooses and transforms disciples. He starts the kingdom and this growth of the kingdom through these disciples. Jesus' method of discipleship. It's important to notice that Jesus, his method of discipleship was he taught them about himself and the Father while doing ministry. He just, just, didn't just grab them and say, hey, spend four years over here and just read a bunch and then come back and you'll be ready to do ministry. Rather, he does ministry with his disciples and lives life with his disciples where they see him, they watch him, they do life together doing ministry. He goes really deep with three guys, Peter, James, and John. He knows them very well. It's almost like his intimate circle. Then he's got 12 he kind of picked out. He also hangs with. But then he also has a crew. I didn't write this down, but we have to recognize that he has this crew that's a little bit bigger than the 12, where you've got Mary and Martha and you've got Lazarus. There's this crew of men and women who just kind of live life with Jesus. There's 12 disciples. There's the three guys who are closest, but there's also this, this crew. So you've kind of got your core. You've got your, you've got your core. You've got your disciples. You've got your crew. Then you've also got your crowd. So Jesus also was ministering to thousands, okay? So there were times when people were coming to be healed, coming to be fed. So there was also this crowd that Jesus would interact with. So you see him functioning in all these different circles. When Jesus was here, he didn't come just for those who got it all together. He comes for those who are sick, for those who are broken. He comes for the sinners, and that's who he spends time with. Luke 19.10 says, For the Son of Man has not come to seek, I'm sorry, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. He spent time with the tax collectors, the sinners, the undesirables of his day, for he was judged and scorned for doing so. In Luke 7, 33 through 34, and they basically demonize him for spending time with sinners. And Jesus just says, it's exactly who I came to save. And that was part of his ministry. So even as you and I are looking at Jesus's ministry here, of course, the response is, are we doing ministry like Jesus? Are we following him? Is he transforming us? Are we sensing his call to then be sent forth to call others to be discipled and to be transformed by Jesus? That's his standard of ministry. Are we allowing ourselves to be in places with the type of people who are called the sinners of our day, those who are often rejected by society, considered almost unclean for their choices and the things that have happened to them? Are we found in those circles? Jesus was found in those circles. Have you or I ever been ridiculed for who you spend time with? Have you ever had someone say, you shouldn't hang out with people like that? That's what people said to Jesus. If our life and ministry looks like his, there'll be times when people say, maybe you shouldn't hang out with people like that. So we need to recognize that we're following in his footsteps. Okay, he's transforming us to be like him. Those are the types of things that he did. Point D, Jesus' purpose of discipleship. He calls disciples to make more disciples. John 20, 21 says, peace be with you. As the Father sent me, I send you. As the Father sent me, I send you. So Jesus says, I was sent here on mission. 
I now have raised you up. I've called you out. I've transformed you. You are now on mission as well. And it's not a new mission. It's the same mission. Make more disciples who make more disciples. So in the likeness that Jesus was sent, he sends his disciples. Jesus considered doing the will of his Father as necessary as his need for food. In John 4, 34, he says, My food is to do the will of him who sent me. What is your food? What is my food? To do the will of Jesus who has sent you. And he sent me. His disciples are to take their mission from Jesus with the same level of seriousness as Jesus himself. You and I are to take our mission from Jesus as seriously as Jesus took his mission of himself, for himself. So we need to live with his passion, with his fervor, with his energy to do mission. Some examples that we see, Jesus meets Saul on the road to Damascus and changes his life and he becomes Paul. Jesus pursues him. Paul begins his disciple-making ministry with a list of co-workers. One of those is a guy named Timothy. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, uh, there's this awesome reality that we, that we pick up on where it says the Father sends the Son, sends Jesus, and we see Jesus interacts with Paul and basically sends Paul. Paul then disciples a guy named Timothy and he sends Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2. Verse 2 it says, The things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses. So the things that he's been teaching them, that he's been trying to get them to do and the way he's been trying to get them to live, entrust those things to faithful men who will then teach those same things to others. This is the process. This is what we've been called to. And Jesus didn't just build into Paul. He built into others. And Paul built into others. Timothy built into all those faithful men who built into others, who built into others, who built into others. So what starts to happen here is this multiplying effect where the world starts to find out who Jesus is. His disciples make more disciples who make more disciples. On a micro level, you and I just need to focus on this. How do we try to be faithful people who build into another? How does Mike build into Jim? That's all I have to worry about. How does Mike then build into Steve? And as long as I'm focusing on being a disciple who's making a disciple, the macro plan of God to exponentially build more disciples and to reach a world he handles it. He takes care of it. What you and I need to focus on is who's building into me, who am I building into. As long as we continue to do that, God makes disciples who makes disciples until the world is saturated with the beauty of the knowledge of Jesus. So, good question to ask here. How are you and I doing with this? Are you living in such a way that someone's building into you? Are you living in such a way that you're building into someone else? Here at Bible Center, and I know these core classes are going to live for a while online, so this is 2020, this is September right now, and we're in the process of leading, I think we have 28 different discipleship groups that are happening at Bible Center. The hope is next year we have 95 to 120 discipleship groups, and in those groups we're teaching people how to read God's Word, live life as an everyday missionary, which means calling people to follow Jesus, and then making disciples, which is we're helping them be transformed into discipleship makers. So knowing God's word, 
Sharing the gospel and helping other people do the same is what the focus of those groups are. They're not easy. Like there's accountability. We push. We try to actually go after relationships in our life and take them deeper, make them more intentional. Now, you may not be in one of those groups right now, but I want you to know next year, you'll probably have the opportunity. If you're interested in that, starting next year, there's gonna be all these new groups that are open. And Lord willing, the year after that, we have 300 to 400 groups that are available. And we're also helping other churches by letting other churches be a part of these groups. They don't need to even recognize the Bible Center had anything to do with it. We're just doing Jesus's ministry. It doesn't even have to be Bible Center ministry. It's just Jesus's ministry of being a disciple who makes more disciples, being sent by the Father, sending disciples who then make more disciples. Our goal is simply and only to walk in his footsteps, to do the thing that he called us to do consistently and faithfully, and we can trust the results are in his hands. All the nations will know, all will glorify Jesus as we faithfully make more disciples. So that's the life of Jesus, that's the ministry of Jesus, and the response is, will we follow his lead? The Father has sent Jesus, Jesus has sent us. Are we going to go? We'll see you next time.